Hi, welcome to the cottage. We are a lively outpouring of an exciting adventure into God's riches and glories in Christ Jesus. We really work to activate an excitement for the kingdom of God as it is in the now until it comes into its fullness. We invite you to our sessions to explore the heights and depths of God's love in a fuller bandwidth. I'm Dr. Ken, the pastor of a small independent church seeking to return to the Lord's zeal in times where apathy and lethargy rule the day of the complacent. We try to shake things up and offer a temporary home as we travel this sod until we reach higher ground and connect into the everlasting life from above, here on the earth as it is in heaven. For more information, you can email us at thecottage at dken.cc. That is thecottage at dken.cc. Welcome to The Cottage for our special Memorial Day service where we discuss Civil War and its implication in Memorial Day. Uh, so the title of the message today is in regards to that because I hear a lot of talk about Civil War. And, you know, I don't know how much you know about Memorial Day or where it came from, but it came out of the Civil War. And we were a nation that was not in a place where God was blessing we were a divided nation for a lot of reasons. But I come to find out that the reason why Memorial Day is so special is because after the Civil War, you know what united the states of America after the Civil War? Does anyone know what, what really began that process? One of the major things that happened, from what I understand, Memorial Day. The fact that people after the war looked around and remembered all those who aren't here. And they began to honor their sacrifice on both sides. And they begin to honor the sacrifice of Americans, not Northerners or Southerners, but of Americans. That people begin to come out. Now it wasn't easy. Reconstruction was a horrid thing. It wasn't easy. And maybe Lincoln probably might have been better off to, to have what happened to him because what followed was some of the darkest times of our nation. But it was civil war. And you, you hear all this talk about civil war, but it is my hope that we would understand all the people who've died for this great nation that we could avoid the civil war and the nonsense that we have going on. And so I want to talk about civil war today in the Bible. Civil War, back in the day, in 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 14. You have two people divided. You have the people of Saul and his general Abner. And you have the people of David and his general Joab. You have the two generals going at it. And Abner says to Joab, here, let's just do this. Let young men now rise and play before us. And Joab said, let them arise. And so what happens? Verses, we're in 2 Samuel, we're in chapter 2, we're in verse 15 and 16 now. That was verse 14. Then there arose and went over by a number of twelve from Benjamin, which pertained to Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, and the twelve servants of David. Now, get this. Saul has died. There's this period of instability in the nation. Who's going to be king next? Saul's remaining son, Ishbosheth, or David? And so a number of people associated with David, obviously the house of Judah says, we want David. Saul's family is Benjamin. 
They want, hey, Saul's our king. Kings, their sons are the next to rule. That's how it works. That's why it's called a monarchy. One family rules. Queen Elizabeth passes away. Her son, Charles. Not everybody's happy with Charles. But he's king. Why? Because he's her son. And she hung on for a long time because she was hoping for something <laughs> to happen. Either Charles to change or what? I don't know. But anyway. Okay. So you have the same situation here. So 12 and 12. They caught one another and fell by the head and thrust the sword inside. So they fell together. Wherefore the place was called Hekath Hasrim, which is in Gibeon. What happened? These 12 men all fight each other. And they, they're all 12. 12 on this side died and 12 on that side died. And we got nowhere. Doesn't that sound like American politics where we just get nowhere? And we're all going for civil war. Civil war. Let's go into the main text here that I want to get into. That's just a precursor to give you the idea of what was happening. We are in 2 Samuel chapter 3, and I'm just going to grab some verses out of here, but I would encourage you to get the whole story. 2 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Now there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David, but the house of David waxed stronger and stronger, and the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. I mean, why are we here? Because Saul did what? David killed his ten thousands and Saul only thousands. David killed Goliath and Saul got upset. Well, the, the David, the, the man. And we know from the scriptures, just because we've been there, done that, read all the stories, that most likely David was God's man to begin with. They chose Saul early. Just like Adam and Eve ate the fruit, I believe, early. I believe that tree was there for purpose. Not so Adam and Eve could fall, as some people have read that story. But that God intended when that fruit was ripe and they were ready to eat, he was going to let them eat of that tree. It just wasn't the time was not right. Times are not right that a six-year-old can take a gun to school. That's not right. That's not ripe. And so that's what we got going on. We got a lot of people that are wanting things early. You know, when did my parents get their first new car? When they were 16? Brand new car from the dealer? Brand new car? I don't know. Brand new. I've never owned a brand new car. All of mine have been used. I have yet to own a brand new car. Why spend all the money for that? But we have to have everything early. Early. So here we have the situation. So obviously Saul's house is going down because we know the whole story. Verse 6. We're going to skip down to verse 6 now. And it came to pass while there was war between the house of Saul and the house of David. This is a long, enduring thing. We're talking like six years, seven years. That Abner made himself strong for the house of Saul because Saul's remaining son, Ishbosheth, is not all that. So Abner, the general, is making himself strong. And then something happens. Okay, here we go again. Are you ready? I always like how God does this. I had no idea what I was going to do on Mother's Day. Matter of fact, I had planned to do something else on Mother's Day. 
But God said, no, you're going to do this on Mother's Day. I said, now it's Pentecost Sunday, but it's also Memorial Day weekend. What am I going to do? You're not going to believe what we're doing for Memorial Day. And Saul had a concubine whose name was Happy Mother's Day, Rizpah. God did this. I didn't do this. The daughter of Ai. And Isbosheth said to Abner, wherefore thou hast gone to my father's concubine? In other words, Isbosheth is Saul's legitimate son by blood in some way. I can't remember his mother. Rizpah is a concubine and anybody that would be a son of her could possibly be in line for the throne. And if Abner has taken her and chooses to produce seed through her, then Abner can somehow get access to ruling the family. Now, we don't know if this actually occurred. This is, all we have here is the count. All we have here is the count that he's being, Abner's being accused of this. Whether he did or not, we don't know. He could have. I don't know. How he made himself strong, I don't know. But this could be a political move on either side because you know it all the time. I love it. On the same day that Fox News fires Tucker Carlson, CNN fires that other guy, Lemon, that Lemon guy, Don Lemon. I love it. Both sides had to fire somebody because they're both off. They're both playing games against each other and we in the middle are getting squeezed. Okay, there's both, neither one of them to me have got it all right. But they got it out for us. They want our money. They got it out for us. Okay, so I love it. They're, so we don't even know who's innocent or guilty here. They're probably both guilty in some way. Somebody's lying, we don't know. Verse eight, then was Abner very wroth for the words of Ispasheth and said, am I a dog's head which against you to do show kindness this day to the house of Saul, thy father, to his brother and to his friends and have not delivered thee in the hand of David that thou chargest me today with a fault concerning this woman. In other words, hey, little snot, I could, have handed, I could have blew my nose on you and handed you to David a long time ago. I'm, I've been loyal to your father. You know, I mean, Abner is an outstanding person. Whether he's on the right side, wrong side, he is an outstanding person. That way, as far as we can tell from the scriptures. Verses 9 through 11. We're, again, we're in 2 Samuel 3. So do God to Abner and more also, except as the Lord has sworn to David, even so I do to him. He's saying, if I'm at fault, let God judge me and do whatever he needs to do to me. But since you pulled this off, listen, I'm going to go for David because you just showed that you're not worth to be on the throne. So to I would rather see that God translate the kingdom from the house of Saul and to set up the throne of David over Israel and Judah from Dan even to Beersheba. And he could not answer Abner a word again because he feared him because Abner is the man. Abner's the hero. If it wasn't for Abner, Saul would have never had what he had to begin with. See, Saul needed the David and then turned David into an enemy. So then Saul needs what? He needs an Abner because Saul cannot be what he thought he was. That's the problem. Verse 12. And Abner sent messages to David on his behalf saying, Who is the land? Whose? Make thy league with me and behold, my hand shall be with thee to bring all Israel unto thee. Abner has the ability. You're talking about two tribes in the south, Benjamin and Judah fighting in a primary election, so to speak. You got the 10 northern tribes trying to decide. What do we do? 
Well, we went for Saul. It didn't go that great. But should we go with David? I mean, it's, again, the south. We already did Benjamin once. Now we want to switch to Judah. What, what do we do here? Abner says, I can go get I can go get the other ten tribes and you'll be king tomorrow. Verses 17, we're in 2 Samuel chapter 3, verse 17. And Abner had communication with the elders of Israel saying, Ye sought for David in times past to be king over you. Now then do it. For the Lord has spoken of David saying, By the hand of my servant David I will save my people Israel out of the hand of the Philistines and out of all of their enemies. Now he's quoting prophecy. David's supposed to be king. He's quoting it. Jonathan knew it. Abner's like, we all know you're supposed to be king. This is just political shenanigans. Now they've been doing this for six, seven years. I mean, look at what's going on in Washington, D.C. They've been doing this stuff for how many years and nothing gets accomplished. It doesn't matter who's in office. This party or that party, all they do is party at our expense. 2 Samuel 3, 19-20. And Abner also spake in the ears of Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin, Saul's own tribe, of which Abner has, they listened to him. He's their general. And Abner went also to speak in the ears of David in Hebron and all that seemed good to Israel and seemed to do good to the whole house of Benjamin. He's got to look out for his people. Isbosheth is not looking out for his people. Isbosheth is looking out for himself and he can't even do that. He had to have Abner wipe his butt for him. So Abner came to David to Hebron and 20 men with him and David made Abner and the men that were with him a feast. What does David want? He wants peace. He wants blessing. He wants to go. He didn't want to fight Abner and Saul. He wants to fight Philistines. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, this is the moment I've been waiting for. I get to go to battle with Abner and kick Philistine butt. And Abner said, verse 21, we're in 2 Samuel 3. And Abner said unto David, I will arise and go and will gather all Israel unto my Lord the king, that they may make league with thee, and that thou mayest reign over all that thine heart desires. And David sent Abner away, and he went in peace. Now this is the way it should be, peace. This should be it. Game over. Verse 22 should say, and they lived happily ever after. And Ishbosheth knows it. So there's no problem, right? Civil war. Civil war. Politicians. Who do we start out with? Somebody wasn't there to the party. Someone wasn't invited to the party because they were off doing their job. The same guy that was off doing his job when David stayed home and the whole Bathsheba thing happens. Somebody is off doing his job. He comes back. His name is Joab. He's David's general. Abner is Saul's general. Abner, Joab is out doing, he's fighting the Philistines. He's trying to see everything. He's like, I, I've got to fight the Philistines. You've got to fight Saul. My goodness, we're divided. Again, we're divided. Civil war, we're divided against each other. Joab's been out fighting Philistines while David's taking care of fighting Abner. Joab came to the king and said, What hast thou done? Behold, Abner came to thee. Why is it that thou hast sent him away? And he's quite gone. 
Thou knowest, Abner, the son of Ner, that he came to deceive thee, to know thy going out and thy coming in, to know all that thou doest. Abner came as a spy because Abner is going to knock us out. Or maybe he's going to knock me, Joab, out. Because <laughs> Abner is probably the better general. <laughs> Otherwise, this war would have been a long time ago over with. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm reading between the lines. I'm not sure what's going on with Joab. But he's like, this, the enemy just came and you invited him to eat with the enemy? Come on now. Are you for real? Let's go to verses 26 and 27. And when Abner came out from David, he sent messengers after Abner, which brought him again from the well of Sirah. So Abner's leaving to go out and unite everybody under David. There's no more war. It's over. Joab sends an official diplomatic passage packet to Abner saying, hey, wait a minute, I need to talk to you. But David doesn't know this diplomatic packet has been sent. And when Abner was returned back to Hebron, he's already gone. Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him quietly. This is top secret stuff. And smote him there under the fifth rib that he died for the blood of Asahel's brother. What had happened earlier? They were in battle. Each side killed each other. And they said, this ain't going to work. So they parted ways, but they were in battle. And they parted ways. And Joab's brother decided to go after Abner in a previous battle. And Joab's brother was younger. And he's quicker. And Abner says, you're quicker, but you're not smarter. You're very <coughs> dumb. And I'm about ready to kill you. And your brother is going to hate me for it. Would you just leave me alone? But Asasel would not leave it alone. Then Abner does a trick because he's a veteran military general and he smote Joab's brother Asasel in the fifth rib. And Asasel died. And Joab can't let that go. Joab cannot let that go. He killed my brother. Therefore, I kill him. I, for I, tooth for tooth. You kill, I don't care what David said. I don't care if he's king or not. This is a, I'm emotional. My brother died. And he made sure he did an exact spot where Abner's spear went into Esau. And afterward, when David heard it, he said, I and my kingdom are guiltless before the Lord forever from the blood of Abner, the son of Ner. Let it rest on the head of Joab and all the father's house and let there not fail from the house of Joab one that hath an issue or that is a leper or that leaneth on a staff or that falleth on the sword or lacketh bread. He's saying, let God deal with Joab and his family because man, these guys give me a headache. Alicia's been telling me, these girls are giving me a headache. They need their father. <laughs> Your children. <laughs> They're my children now. <laughs> Your children are giving me a headache. <laughs> They're mine, okay? They're definitely mine, okay? When they do good, they're hers. <laughs> anyway. He's like, I didn't do this. 
And so David has to, again, we don't know all the political dynamics. If David is a conclusion with Joab here, some people try to say that. Some people read between the lines all kinds of stuff. I don't know. But anyway, this is what's the story. We're given the story that David had nothing to do with it. That's God's word. That's good enough for me. So, verses 30 and 31. Joab and Abishai, his brother, slew Abner because he had slain Brother Asasel at Gibeon in the battle. So I, I told you that. I filled you in on the details. The reason why these two brothers worked it out so they could kill Abner because he killed our brother, our young brother. Political machinations. Continuing on in verses 30 and 31. And David said to Joab and to all the people that were with him, rend your clothes and gird you with sackcloth and mourn before Abner. And King David himself followed the body. He was there because Abner was truly a great foe. I mean, David beat everybody. David beat the snot out of everybody, but he couldn't beat Abner. He beat everybody, but he couldn't beat Abner. Didn't need to because they had peace. But no, there can't be peace because we got to have a personal vendetta. Because he killed my brother. Well, duh, I killed your brother because your brother's going to kill me. I didn't have a choice. I told him not to. And they buried Abner in Hebron. This is where David's been ruling for six and a half years. Hebron. And the king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner. And all the people wept at the dying of a great leader. This is at Hebron. Where David is king. Abner was the general of Saul, an enemy. Everybody is weeping. Why? Same thing I told you about Memorial Day. At the end of the Civil War, people forgot North and South, on, on some level, when they saw all the bodies. I mean, there's stories about African Americans who served and were in a prison in the South, and they died, and other African Americans went and got their bodies and did what we talked about with Rizpah and David, got their bodies buried properly and gave them, decorated their graves. Everybody's doing decorating the graves after the war. Everybody's seen the fallen, and everybody is united in one thing grief, mourning. Because the cost of civil war has taken how many American lives? Not North lives, not South lives. American lives. They're all weeping over Abner. And the king lamented over Abner and said, died Abner as a fool dieth? This guy was something else. He's a hero. He's a hero. Joab could never beat him on the battlefield Squared up, man to man, he had to do a cheap shot. And he's my general. I'm stuck with Joab, and I could have had Abner. Lincoln died. Abe, Abner, Abe died. A cheap shot. A cheap shot. Thy hands were not bound, nor thy feet put in the fetters. 
as a man falleth before wicked men, so thou fallest. You weren't arrested for crimes against humanity. You were just serving God's man, the king. But you died just like a wicked person dies. I told you one of the high priests had his throat slit and they found him in a sewer. That'll tell you what the high priests were doing in Jesus' day. In Paul's day, they were in collusion with the Romans. They were doing some under-the-table stuff. Somebody made an offer he couldn't refuse, and he must have refused, and so they made the offer clear. They slit his throat and threw him in the sewer. We talked about the Herod family a little bit in Sunday school. You don't mess with them, and you don't mess with the Romans. I mean, we're talking about Italian, Romans, hello? You don't mess with them. And all the people again wept over Abner. This is verses 32 to 34. Why? Because he was such a great man. Why? Because David led them in worship to mourn. And it was after the Civil War, the warning of the great cost of American lives. After the Civil War that brought Memorial Day to us where people were united in grief. Because mothers on both sides Lost husbands, lost sons, grandsons, fathers, uncles, nephews. The whole nation had gone through a severe tragedy. And that was only how many years? We're talking six, seven here. This is going on seven years. Six and a half years. Verses 35 and 36, And when all the people came to cause David to eat meat while it was yet day, David sware, saying, So do God to me and more also, if I taste bread or anything else, aught else, till the sun be down. And all the people took notice of it, and it pleased them, as whatsoever the king did pleased all the people. Now he's king in Hebron, and they're in Hebron. And Abner, he struck a deal, what kings are supposed to do. Strike a deal so that we can have peace and not civil war and get something accomplished without more bloodshed. I mean, 12 here, 12 there, 12 and 12 are dead. What did that accomplish? Nothing. Spilled blood over nothing. Verses 37 to 39. For all the people and all Israel understood that day that it was not the king to slay Abner, the son of Ner. That was not David. He all the time's like, Joab, oh, Joab, Joab. You know what he tells Solomon? Solomon, I just couldn't do it. But can you promise me to do something with Joab? <laughs> I didn't get it done. I'm supposed to deal with him, but I don't know what to deal with him. And his, his family, they have been a nightmare. Can you deal with him? That's on David's wish list when he dies. And tell Saul, when you're king, and when you become king, God is going to give you the wisdom. Boy, did God give Solomon wisdom to figure out what to do with Joab. Because I don't know what to do, because he's a mess. And the king said in the service, Know ye not that there is a prince, a great man, who has fallen this day in Israel. We are here on Memorial Day. Do we not know how many great men and even women 
one for this nation in some way. And I am weak, and I am this day weak. Though I'm anointed king, I am weak. And these men, the sons of Zerai, be too hard for me. I just can't. These guys. The Lord shall reward the doer of evil according to his wickedness. This is David who gets Joab to kill Uriah so that he can marry Bathsheba. David dies, relatively peaceful death in an old age. But in his final breath, he's saying, come on, Solomon, you got to do something with Joab. Joab outlives David. But he doesn't end well. But that's not the point of this message, what happens to Joab. The point is right here. For all the people, all of Israel, the entire nation was united in one thing. They understood that day. And we need to understand on Memorial Day that it was not the King Abner, the son of Mary. And the king said, no, ye not this day. No, ye not. There's a prince and great man fallen in Israel this day. He didn't even say that of Saul. And how many greats and great, great and great, great in my family have died for this nation? And am I making it great? So that those who come behind me will say, my great, great, great uncle, my great grandfather, what are we leaving our children? As we think of Memorial Day this weekend, let us think about all the great sacrifice of everyone and none other the greatest sacrifice of all, Jesus Christ. Amen. Who says, do this in remembrance of me. And we're going to do that. This is the last Sunday. We're going to do that next week. We're going to remember Jesus. Let us not remember all the great people who've died to make this nation great and given us this opportunity. And let us remember them and create new memories for those who will come behind us and remember how great it was. It's so hard, though, because right now everybody thinks this is great. <laughs> we got our noses buried in these things. And we're missing out and the greatness of a relationship with people, and to realize when someone great has gone, and we don't realize it. Now, we all know, and there's many pews here this morning that are even empty because great people have gone on before us. Through great sacrifice, they sacrificed so this building could be here. Let us not let their sacrifice be in vain and let us not let the sacrifice of Jesus be in vain. And maybe we've made mistakes like David. Adultery, murder. <laughs> maybe we've made those mistakes. But God will 
forgive. So that we can get back on mission and make it great. So whatever the past was, let's take the greatness of the past and let's let that greatness guide us into a great future. Let us remember as we look back and create new and memorable events that people will remember the greatness of this day because we chose to remember and make new memories worth remembering. Something they won't forget. I don't even remember what the score was last night. <laughs> I think they won. I forget. They keep, they, you guys remember. See, there you go. I, I, can't, I did watch it. My mother called me up and said, hey, you know they're on tonight? I said, again? Two weeks in a row? That must be a miracle. How'd they get on TV? I got to see them play. Wow. They're on now? Sometimes a year they pay. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. One guy told me one time, he said, you know what? How in the world do you remember all these Bible scriptures and stories? How do you get Rizpah out of it? How do you do all this stuff? I said, well, how do you remember that in 62, they hit 62 home runs? How do you remember that stat? What are we remembering? God is asking us this morning for us to remember that which is great. And David knew that greatness had just passed. And he's supposed to be king. Even though he didn't know it, he took full responsibility for the actions of Joab. And he made it right. He made it right. You remember Rizpah on Mother's Day? Remember Abner on Memorial Day. And let us let their sacrifice unite us all, whether we're north, south, right, left of this country. I don't care if we're from this coast or that coast, from this village or even Cottage Hills that doesn't even be incorporated. <laughs> they used to have four Baptist churches. Wow, that's civil war. If Baptists can't get along, we need four different Baptist churches in Cottage Hills. That's civil war, bless God. Let's unite at the cross and remember that on Pentecost, they all came into one accord and they were united by God's Spirit. And we need to get back to the United States of America because lately, since I've been back, all I can see is the untied States of America. And we need to unite just like they did after the Civil War. And remember the price that was paid for us to be the nation that everybody's fighting to get into. Let's remember and let's bring about that greatness. Father, thank you for blessing America. And I know there's been opportunities where, wow, we have not shined <laughs> so beautiful <laughs> as of late. And maybe your blessings are not as they used to be. And maybe that's why we're going through so much. Maybe it's because that we have fallen away. We just sang that song. Soldiers on the battlefield. Yet by night they would use their lamps to read your word. 
sense. And yet they're using the lamps inside their tent to read your word. That's greatness. Have we lost that greatness? Have we lost that edge where your word is not that important to us anymore? Have we lost your spirit on Pentecost Sunday? The spirit that inspires us to unite together as one body with one faith. With all Christians around the world. United by the cross. Because of a sacrifice. Memorial Day was created to honor the dead and unite this nation in our mourning at the cost of what happened that it would not happen again. You put the rainbow. You put the rainbow in the sky to say, I'm not going to flood this earth again. Memorial Day is to remind us that we're not going to go back to civil war. But that's what everybody's talking about on the Internet. We become cheap that all we want to do is cheap shots under the rib. Underhanded dealings and underhandedness. And the church has gotten in bed with the politicians. Help us to repent. Just as the bulletin says, that if a nation repents and it becomes righteous and stop being underhanded and operating like Satan, this would become more like Christ and know when we've been around greatness that doesn't have to do anything underhanded and cheap shots against this side or that side. But let us live as we are called to live, as Christ was. Even in David's messed up world, when he repented, you accepted it. Help us to live right and take no more cheat shots of anybody. And let's make America like this greatness that David experienced in Abner, even though he was the enemy. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Final song is number uh, 639. We hope you enjoyed this broadcast. You can find out more about us at dken.cc. That's D-K-E-N dot C-C. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you.